It was dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we back, dog. Yo, flip, flip, flip. Don't ever stop. Hey. Yo, D, can you hear me, baby? Yep. With the Euro stepper. Alright, 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 here we go, here we go. Welcome to the Riddle Sports Show, y'all. I'm your host tonight, Mark Nicky Bat, and I got my other host here, DJ Curry himself, y'all. What's up? What's good? What's up? What's up? Yo, you know how we do it in the den, man. You know how we do it. You know, um, we ain't been on this thing for three weeks, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, man, we've been coronavirusing, man, coronavirusing. Yeah, we you know we we had a, a, a three week hiatus because you know we we essential personnel. So exactly, exactly, all the essential personnel out there, man. My hat goes off to y'all. You know, um, keep up the good fight against the coronavirus, and you know, let's let's keep putting our foot forward and try to make a promise of future for this thing, man. Let's try to get this vaccination going on, man. Exactly. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. This thing been it's been killing a lot of people though lately, man. And it, it's been jeopardizing a lot of sports things going on around. Yes, it's boring without sports. It has been boring. It has been, and it, it's almost damn near like we see a new light on a lot of different things that's going on around the world now, and. Without sports, there's really nothing for nobody really to do outside. Sports has been like the biggest network around in history. There's always been something going on in sports. There's always been something going around with the sports industry, whether it's golf, whether it's soccer, hockey, basketball, football, or anything in that nature, man. It's always been some type of sport going on, cheerleading, anything going on, man. It's always been some type of competition going on. And these last few months, man, without sports, man, it's been crazy. Yes. Very crazy. Yeah. So um, let's get into some hot topics today, man. What you thinking? Um, Let's start off with the NFL talking about they might have a shorter season this year or or due to the coronavirus or they might extend the season but with no audience. How do you what's your take on that? Uh it'll be different. I mm-hmm. mean, just like how the WWE is, they do the events but they don't have an audience. You know, that's so so it will be different. Very different. Like you playing in an empty stadium with no fans cheering. Give you that extra motivation. What I don't you, know. I'm, had to get used to that. I mean, do you think it's gonna be extra motivated? Do you think it's gonna be like a? I think it's gonna feel like a practice scenario. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's gonna be one of the things where 
if there's no fans in the audience. But to see the one team that I can honestly say, even though it's my team, my favorite team, both of our favorite teams, the Washington Redskins players shouldn't have a problem with that. No. I mean, they, they practice and do training camp some days with, you know, no audience, unless it's fan appreciation day. Yeah, but the thing about it is uh, last season, coming off last season, though, man, we really didn't have a a fan base last season, even though we was having a losing season last year, though. But none of the fans really showed up to the stadium like that. Nobody really – only other fan bases came to our ring, into our stadium last year. Like, the Redskins fans were there to support, but the, the real big supporters were there, you know. But it wasn't really a lot of a crowd there. You know what I mean? Yeah, wasn't the home support. Nah, not really. And I think that's what drove everything to where it really was and how we got the number two pick in the draft and, you know, how this – now that we're in a pandemic now, I want to know are real Redskins fans going to really try to want to support by watching it on TV with an empty stadium? Or are ratings going to go down in the NFL or are anything what, – what is going to happen? be honest, we will never know until the season starts. Facts. Facts. We will never know. So, what is your take? What do you think, really? Do you think that playing with, uh, with, a, with a shorter season or – which one would you take? Would you take a shorter season or would you take a season without fans? Um, at this point in time, with the way things are going with this virus, a shorter season will probably be better. Okay. You could try to limit the exposure more, you know. Yeah. So I would rather shorten up the season. But how many games, though? That's a good question. Because right now we'll be at, what, 17 games now? Yeah. We have 17 games now with the longer uh, – with two extra teams added to the playoff ballot now. Yeah, cause they and then they also took one game from the preseason, which is why we got 17. Right. So, I say instead of 17, I say maybe do eight. Eight games? Either eight. I mean, you might, that's a short season. I say do 10 and be on the safe side or make it 11 so you can have an odd number there. Could do that. I mean, with the teams not having, and then I, I wouldn't put a bye week on there for the teams. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I mean, I wouldn't put a bye week up there because of the fact about is that if there's a bye week, then you won't be able to see a team during the bye week. And if it's like 11 to 10 games or however many games it's going to be, it's really not football season. It's really just going to go straight to the playoffs. Then it's going to be a Super Bowl, and then it's just going to be over with. And then we're going to go on a long drought, a longer drought than we did this season without playing with any football going on at all, period. Until next August. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so far, they're staying on track with the draft and everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, but we'll see. I I I I think that it's up to the commission. Yeah. 
But we know the commissioner ain't got a brain right now anyway because he, he, he just caught up in everything. You know, really, the fan base don't really like him anyway right now. So I don't know how long he's going to be the commissioner for. Roger Goodell has made several bad decisions in the past. And then now that they're talking about now uh, dismissing the PI rule of play action. I mean, not the play action, but the um, pass interference rule. What is your take on that one? So they're going to completely eliminate pass interference? Yeah, they're talking about it, and I think they already passed it that they're going to take it out of the game because it wasn't it wasn't a good rule last year. It wasn't it wasn't effective as they thought it was going to be, and with nobody of really, it's coming from New York. So everything that you know, passing the fans came from New York, and they wasn't overruling anything. I think they had maybe only what five overrulings last year on passing the fans. Or what they deem pass interference was not pass interference, and what they did, what they didn't deem was pass interference was actually pass interference in the games, in football, mm-hmm. and they missed that one. They missed that opportunity, though, really badly on in a game with the Saints in the game. I think it was the Saints versus Minnesota. They missed a complete pass interference call in the right game, and they mm-hmm. overturned, and they never overturned that call. They said the ruling on the field was stay. And I think that was in the playoff game last year where the Saints could have won, but Minnesota went on. So it happened mm-hmm. to them twice. Well, if they do decide to get rid of that rule, you know, it's going to be a lot, way more, more hand checking, stuff like that. It's going to be more press coverage. Yeah. It's just going to be more physicality, pretty much. Yeah, that, that is so true. That is so true. Now, what do you think about there? Now, there has been a um, there has been another report of I can't think of a name of it right now, but they're also talking about doing something different. Like, like you said, we was doing something different with the season, mm. and we talked about doing something different with you know with the PI rule and things of that nature, though. But what about Teams, you, you now you said there's going to be more physicalness. What do you think about the XFL right now and how they're not talking about coming back for next season? Though, even though we've talked about this already, that there was more concussions, I believe, in the XFL than there were in the NFL this past season. I think that, I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't think the XFL is coming back for the next season anyway. I don't think that was going to last. I I really didn't believe that they were going to last that long anyway. What is your take on that? Well, as far as right now, they filed for bankruptcy. Okay. So, and then on top of that, you got to think about it, too. They really didn't have a lot of money in that budget anyway. Right. As far as the league. So, them not coming back next year, I mean, it's messed up. But that may be the best thing right now. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to be able to generate money. And they really didn't have the the money that they needed to keep the league going. Well, actually, I'm not going to say they didn't have it. They did, but mm-hmm. due to the circumstances, you know, nobody, nobody can get paid, so they let all the personnel from each team go, and then they just file for bankruptcy. So we'll see what happens after this, after yeah. this pandemic you, is over. 
But you know what, though? I really like I, – I love the NXFL while it was on TV, though. I did like it because it was extra football on TV. Um, it gave me a different different perspective on a lot how I think the, X, the NFL should play their game sometimes away. Some of the rules that they were adding – they were talking about adding three rules that they think that should be added to the NFL. One rule was the kickoff return where nobody is allowed to move until the ball is kicked off in the air and the player has a chance to catch the ball and be able to run it back. And I think that rule right there was beautiful. I think it was nice and beautiful because of the fact of the matter is that it gave you a chance to run the ball back. But not just that. There's a safety thing, too. Yeah, that, too. That, too. And it, it'll, it'll lessen down on concussion rates, though, too, because you're not just getting a – a full person coming at you full speed and hitting you. You're not getting that 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 shoulder to shoulder contact or that helmet to helmet contact that you would think you would get in the regular NFL where they kick the ball off and they run at full speed at you. Mm-hmm. So, and my train of thought and my train of thinking, I think that it could be implemented in the NFL. They should try it. I think they should try it out for one year. I mean, try it out in the preseason to see how it goes. And then if they like it or we like it in the NFL, take it on to the regular season. I don't think it would hurt. No. I mean, be trying it out in the preseason. I mean, anything can be tried out in the preseason to see if how it works. And before you implement it into the regular season, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But even still, though, but teams will have to adjust prior to that in the preseason now. And they will have to get prepared for that in the preseason, though. But even though I think that they would, it would cause friction for the regular season games because now kickers and punters and punt return, I mean, kick returners are practicing something different for preseason. And then going into the regular season, they're going with the normal style of play, though. It might be a little bit confusing to them, though. But I think they can adjust fire to it, though, but it's going to be hard, I think. But I still like the rule, though. It's gonna, I mean, it's going to be a change because it's going to take them time to get adjusted to, you know, just be sitting still and waiting for a person to catch the ball and then start running. It's going to be a right. – they're going to have to make an adjustment. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's up to Roger Goodell to, you know, do what he needs to do to for this season to plan out. And if he does make that one of the rules, then, like I said, that will keep down on the concussions. Yeah. So, but, and we'll see in due time. Right now, yeah. we just got to take one thing at a time right now. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, but it's something that I believe that, but you know what, though? I think Roger, Roger Goodell should have picked up the XFL, though. And I'm going to tell you why. And then I will hear your opinion on that one. I think he should have picked up the XFL and made it into a league where not only are what they're doing right now, which is taking players from the XFL that are that have been in the NFL before. There was two players that got signed from the XFL that got signed to regular teams in the NFL right now already. But mm-hmm. I think they should have made it like a mini league where, like, you take some of the undrafted picks, the undrafted picks that you have that people that didn't get drafted give them a league to play in mm-hmm. and see how they work out in the XFL and then move. It's, it, it, I'll, I'll say do it like Major League Baseball is doing. 
make a double A league, a triple A league, and you know the major league. I don't, I don't see that happen mm-hmm. per se. But if they could have picked up the XFL teams, then it could have been they could have expanded the NFL. Yeah, you know, just added certain teams to you know the different divisions. And yeah. then go from there. But it would, that would have been a money thing, though. But you can also add an expansion team to the NFL, too. Like, maybe two more expansion teams. If you're adding depth to the... If you're adding depth to the playoffs, why not add two expansion teams to your league? Mm-hmm. The NFL makes a lot of money every day of the week. And the NFL is very, very powerful and strong. So by taking two more extra teams and putting them in each and putting them in a separate and putting them in a different division, I think that'll add more depth to the playoffs because then you can add the extra two teams to the playoff now. Mm-hmm. But like, take a team where as to um, there where there's not a lot of teams at, um, like Seattle. Seattle could have the Dragons still, and the uh, Seattle Seahawks up there. You can add the team. Um, I can't think of the other teams that were in there. Like the DC Defenders, they could have gone away though, but they could have been added somewhere different. Okay. Or you're taking a bunch of players and you just adding them to a different team and putting them in the NFL. You're making it 34 teams instead of 32 teams. Oh, well, yeah. And give like, them the, huh? Like St. Louis. The Rams mm-hmm. are not there no more. So the Battlehawks could have been the St. Louis team. Exactly. They could have been the new Rams in St. Louis. Exactly. And you got teams moving from Oakland. You could have fit a team that was in Oakland because since Oakland is going now to Las Vegas, the Raiders are going to Vegas now, there's a gap and a hole right there in, in, in Oakland right now. You know, you don't have a team out of Oakland playing right now. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so the, the Guardians could have came out there. The New York Guardians could have been, the, you know, the Oakland Guardians or something. Pretty much, yeah. I think that that'll work. I think that it expand the NFL and keep the NFL where it is. You're moving mm-hmm. the you're moving teams out of Vegas. I mean, you're moving teams from different places, from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Now you got two teams in Los Angeles right now. You got the Chargers and you got the Rams out there. You have no – I mean, there's no team in San Diego right now. There's no team in St. Louis right now. You have two teams that you could probably pick up from the XFL and put them inside the NFL to make it 34 teams like that. That's true. I mean, it, it'll fill a void. Just like uh, Cleveland. Cleveland moved to Baltimore. No, or was it Baltimore that moved to Cleveland? It was no the Indianapolis Colts left from Baltimore and went to Indianapolis. Went to Indianapolis yeah. yeah, that's what it was. I'm sorry. The Indianapolis Colts moved from from being the Baltimore Colts to the Indianapolis Colts. Then they had to fill that void for a long period of time frame because I think they had to move an expansion team to Baltimore. So they made an expansion team, and I think in the uh, was it the late 2000s or the early 2000s or something like that. Though they made an expansion team for the Baltimore Ravens to go up there. Uh, I know it was the Texans. The Texans was the expansion team. Huh? Okay. The, the Texans, they were an expansion team. Yeah, that was an expansion team too as well. 
So, I mean, it's a lot of things that you can put inside the NFL and make it still work. Yeah. But, like I said, it's all about your good deal. Yeah, that is true, though. But, all right, let's get into the highlight of our show tonight. You know, to the highlight of the debates tonight, though, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I know you've been preparing for this part for, for since yesterday. <laughs> And um, I think uh, I think we're ready for this topic of debate. And I think I'll give our audience something to debate about tonight. Let's, wh- where do you want to start at? Do you want to start with the NFL best duos, the best quarterback wide receiver duos, or do you want to start in the NBA since we already left or since we already NFL topics? Well, let's start in the NFL then. Okay. Okay. I like where you're going with that one. All right. So what, what do you think? Who do you take your best three, your best three quarterback wide receiver duos? I'm going to hear your top three, and then we're going to compare our top three together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, number one, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Okay. Number two, hmm, Terry Bradshaw and Len Swan. Okay. Number, and my third one, even though you know I don't really like them, but I give credit where credit is due. But Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin. Hmm. What made you pick that one? Because to be honest, to be honest, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin was getting it done. They okay. were getting it done. Can't deny it. No, can't deny that one. But here, here's where, here's where I, I, I think that you missed a couple duos. You missed, well, we had three, so I gave you top three. But I'm gonna have to pick my top three, and 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 I just realized that today that they were a good duo together. Kurt Warner and um, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Um, as much as they hate each other, but they're trying to come together again, possibly, or it may or never, may or may not ever happen again. Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss. Those are good picks. Yeah. Now, if you take, you said. Troy Aikman and and um, who you say? Troy Aikman and who? And and uh, the playmaker. <laughs> Come on, man, Michael Irvin. I know. I, I couldn't think of his name for a second there. I know you just said it too, but you said Troy Aikman and 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 Michael Irvin, right? Mm-hmm. Now, even on their best days, I don't think they had a combination of a duo like Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss did. You don't think so? No. Why I say that is because Randy Moss caught the big catches. Even though Michael Irvin got, you know, he could have got stopped a little bit, though, but you couldn't stop Randy Moss. When Randy Moss caught the ball, it was beautiful. When Dante Culpepper flung that ball out to Randy Moss down the field and he was going for 80-yard touchdowns, 90-yard touchdown passes and stuff like that, though, come on now. You, you really think they could beat out – Beat? I think they could beat Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin well, on a good day. You put it to you this way. When it boils down to it, how many rings do Dante Copa and Randy Moss have compared to Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman? 
okay. I knew you was going. I, I kind of figured you was going to go there a little bit though with this. Now, ring comparison, no. When you talk about stats comparison, yeah, I get that to Randy and Dante. Whoa, but whoa. when it can, yeah, I'm gonna get that to Randy and Dante. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. sir. Why? Not, not, now, now, why I'm gonna say. Why, why I'm going to say that is because they could put up some pretty good stats in a regular season game. Mm-hmm. They never got over the hurdle together, but, you know, stats-wise, they in a regular season, they could put up some pretty good numbers. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Dante called up a two for 4,000 yards a season with Randy Moss. But I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Randy Moss, Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But exactly. to, be, to be honest with you, his best season – and his whole career, to me, was that year he had 23 receiving touchdowns. Okay. That was his best year in his whole career, if you ask me. Well, how many? Okay. He, had, well, he, had, he has never had 23 touchdowns in one season with no other quarterback. Not Dante Culpepper. Yeah. Not Rich Gannon. But I think it's be- – but I think his best season was when he was with uh, Tom Brady. That's what I'm talking about. Seven, yeah, they, yeah, that season they went 17 and 0. But either way, still, I think his best season was when he was with Minnesota. For real, for real. His worst season, you asked me, was when he was a 49er. That was his worst season. Who? Uh, Randy? Yeah. That's when they had Colin Kaepernick. I thought he went to Oakland. Randy Moss, been, uh, he was in Minnesota, left Minnesota, went to Oakland. They left Oakland. Mm-hmm. He played in Tennessee. I think he played in Tennessee. Yeah. And then he also played um, with the with the 49ers. Cause that, I think that was okay. his last team he played for before he retired. Well, you know, I don't think his and then, tenure in... And then, of course, you know, he played for the Patriots. We know that. Yeah, of course. But they never got over the hurdle together, though. No, they got stopped by the Giants. Yeah, they got Giants. stopped by the Giants, yeah. But either way, still, though, I think that, you know, yeah, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, they was the good duo. They was a good combination, though. But, you know, at the end of the day, the chemistry was better with Dante Culpepper and, and Randy Boss. They had a lot of good chemistry. Yeah, Troy Aikman was a, was a gunslinger. He was. He was a tremendous gunslinger. I, I have no doubts about that. He was a gunslinger. He could sling that ball down the field. But when Dion was checking him, you know, <laughs> When Dion was checking Mike Irvin, you know, just saying, prime time shut him down. Okay. Prime time did shut him down though, but he had a tough time shutting down Randy Moss. Let's be honest. Okay. Let's be honest. And they were both in their primes, so Mike Irvin was in his prime, and Deion Sanders was definitely in his prime playing for the Atlanta Falcons and shutting him down. Nah, I think nah, Dion really hit his stride when he went to Dallas. I mean, he, was, you go- he, he, was, he was breaking up a little bit there. I said he really hit his stride when he went to Dallas. I mean, he played well in Atlanta and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But when he went to Dallas, that's when he played on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Dallas definitely utilized him in different ways and when it was, when he Deion Sanders went to Dallas though. But you know, that that ratio right there, you know, Deion was a was an all American player. He was an all around player, for real. 
He was mm. all American and he was an all around player. He could play wide receiver and he could play um, corner and safety if you needed him to. Yeah, because he played safety in the, when he was with the Ravens. Yeah, he could definitely do it all. Dion didn't have a, a, a stoppage to him. He just had a legacy that he was just trying to make, and he made it work. But when you go back to, like I said, though, these best duos, now you said, who was your number two? My number two? No, that was my number two. My first one was um, Peyton Manning and, and Marvin Harrison. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison? Mm-hmm. Now, when you say Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, I'm thinking... Indianapolis Colts, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I like that duo. They were a really good duo. But then I would have to add Kurt Warner and then, you know, Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald in that mix, too. But matter of fact, reason why I'm telling you, it's ironic because when I did my, I was doing research earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was researching, you know, see who's the top, you know. So I pulled up an article where it said the top 24 quarterback wide receiver duos of all time. Mm-hmm. Your main pick that you like, which is Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Yeah. They rank sixth. Yeah. Now, my first overall one that I picked, which is Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, mm-hmm. ranked number two. Really? Yes. Okay. I, I can mm-hmm. see that. You know, but even though, that, that, that you know, then if you really think about that one, though, are they really? But then they got a number 14 on the top you know, top 24 duos over here that I'm reading, too. They got Sonny Jerkins and Charlie Taylor at number 14. Yeah, so you're looking on the same list I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. I got the same list you got, though, too. But I think that, you know, some of these people should have been up higher a little bit, though, too, on these top 24 lists. Well, you know, some of the older ones that's on there, you know, we not They got really Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne at number 11. Yeah, but that's way after Marvin. Marvin Harrison was the best receiver the Colts ever had. Everybody and, knows and that. That is very, very much true. That is very much no true. No disrespect and to Reggie Wayne. But you know what? Uh, you know who else we forget to talk about, and and sports people don't really talk about him a lot. Isaac Bruce. Oh, he's on the list with Kurt. I Warner. know he is. Kurt Warner him and Tory Holt. Yep. They were. Bo- they're both on the list though, and and they, you know, both of them. They were a good duo, too, as well. And I really like that combination duo because Isaac Bruce was no – he was an upscale wide receiver, though, too. But a lot of people don't really talk about his stats, though, and to really talk about him no more. But it's like he fell off the he fell off the wagon now. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really hear nothing about Isaac Bruce no more. You don't really hear nothing about um, a lot of these players that's up here no more. You I don't. Mean- I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I got another topic that oh. I want to discuss as far as receivers. Okay. And I really think you want to enjoy this one. Okay, what's up? Shoot it. So, who is your most underrated wide receiver of all time? Like, they were good receivers, but they never get recognition. Hmm. I'm going to give you one. Okay. Actually, I got three. Okay. Number one, David Boston. Okay. You know, played for the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Two, Wayne Corbett. 
play for the Jets. Mm-hmm. And three, who was that? Played in Jacksonville with Kenan Cardale. Hmm. Uh, what's his name? Not Ross Smith. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Curtis Conway. Okay. Okay. I like it. I think and, and we just talking about wide receivers that, that it go unrecognized. Mm-hmm. Rod Gardner. Mm. Rod mm. Gardner, he was a very good wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. He had tremendous numbers with Washington. I mean, he really went unnoticed and on a list of anything. And it, it wasn't his fault, though, really. But it, it was like he sli- he had a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. His slope was really unrecognized in a sense. Mm-hmm. Because he had some pretty strides and some good games back then. And he could really he could really change the dynamic of a game if we went deep because he was tall, he had the arm strength, he had body, and he was catching touchdown passes like there was no tomorrow. When when the, I think it was Jason Campbell that threw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um who else would I have to pick? That was one. I liked it. Um I had to take uh who else would I take in a top three? If I had to pick somebody in the top three, it, it was Rod Gardner. I can't think of the boy name that played for that was on the other side of um, Randy Moss. I can't think of his name though. But talking about Chris Carter, yeah, Chris Carter was good, very dynamic of a player. Uh, I know he's a Hall of Famer though, but he was a very good dynamic of a player. But, see, nobody really recognizes Chris Carter like that, though, because Randy Moss stole on the spotlight from him. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of complimentary players out there and that should get a lot of recognition, though. Oh. But, but you know what, though? I'm going to have to say this year, you've seen a lot of rookies this year that didn't get really recognized this year, though, in, 20, in the 2019 season, though. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at it, Washington, and I know I'm going with the I know I'm going with the Washington Redskins players. Some some of the Washington Redskins players, though, and I know there are a lot more out there. I just can't think of their names. A lot of players because you don't talk about we don't talk about them as much. But I seen a, unknown players like Washington had no big name stars on their on their wide receiver quarters here, not one. That's and true. really. Cam Sims really showed out this year un- un- unquestionably. Did he get recognition for that in the in 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 anything of having a breakout season? No. Honestly. A, to, hmm? to, to quote on that. Okay. Right now, everybody know the most underrated player. That I mean, I ain't gonna say he's underrated. He performed well. But mm-hmm. I believe he would eclipse the thousand yards this past season. Terry McClure. Yes, that's another one too. I was gonna get to him too. He was my number three pick. But you know what? Terry McClure. What's up? There's one receiver that everybody to look out for. And I'm not even talking about Steven Sims. Okay. Kelvin Harmon. You know what? He'd have been in my top five. No, I'm telling you. 
watch out for Kelvin Harmon. He's going to surprise. I'm telling you. You know, I really think that, though, too, because like I said, though, it's a lot of players that go in the NFL, they they get yards. But you know what, though? Pierre Garçon is another one. Oh, dude. oh, I know another one, too. Pierre Garçon is another one, though, because he had a 1,000 yards with Washington. He had a, 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 a pretty good, decent seasons with the San Francisco 49ers, though. Yes, he, I mean, he really did, though. But in the same aspect of Brett, though, is, is I'm sitting there like, why didn't he get any recognition for some of the things that he was doing with San Francisco? Even though he was a big-name commodity a little bit, though, but – he was really like that compensation player for Washington because we had Deshaun Jackson in Washington that also had a thousand yard season though too. It was we had Deshaun Jackson with speed to blow the top off. Mm-hmm. Garcon was our physical, our physical and possession receiver. Mm-hmm. And then who else we had? Who was our slot wide receiver then? I don't remember who the slot receiver was back in the day, though. But oh, but you know who else? Who else went underneath the radar too? And these big name, um, and he wasn't even a wide receiver though. He was like a re- he was a really uh, um, tight end though. He, he he was a tight end though. But Chris Cooley. Oh yeah, Captain Chaos. Yeah, yeah, Chris Cooley definitely you, went unrecognized a lot. I mean, you know who, but you know who else too? Who that nobody talks about? Who? Santana Moss. Moss was a beast at punt returns and with the Jets. But he was his, a un, he was an underrated underrated wide receiver. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, I, I mean, I can we can go under underrated wide receivers. Man, there's a, a lot. lot of them. It's a lot of them. I'm gonna give you another one. Mm-hmm. Brandon Lloyd. Oh, Brandon Banks. Mm. Okay. Brandon Banks was very good at wide receiver. He was just small. Right. He was short. And and, and a lot of people don't even realize that he was really on the field sometimes. But Willie Sneed, another one. You know, he, he got you. He got, he caught a, um, 300 passing targets. In the NFL last year, I mean, in 2017. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Kenny Stills, another one that goes unnoticed because he was in Miami, and Miami was only talked about their bad seasons that they were having. Mm -hmm. Underrated wide receiver. Yeah, Kenny Stills is number four on that list. And Kenny Stills, you know, as bad as this boy is, and he's still on, and he's young, and he's very, very young, too. But he wasn't put in a scheme fit or uh, uh, the best possible chance to win football games because he was with the Miami Dolphins. And what does the Dolphins really have on their team at quarterback that you could say, I can really move forward with? Mm-hmm. Now, you, 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 you give me – that, that's a real good option right there, though, because, like I said, though, and Adam Humphreys, another one. You know, this list can grow, though. You know what I mean? This list can grow a lot bigger. And it, and it, and it, it's it's really saddened, though, because the big-name players outshine – I mean, really don't outshine the small players that they have on their teams. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I'm really like with you right now on that one. It's really debatable on, yeah. It's really debatable on who was really underrated. But like I said, Rob Gardner, and there was another person on the team with him too that went really went unnoticed. And I can't think of his name though. It was another wide receiver though because Washington had oh, um, what's the guy that came from Pittsburgh? Came to oh Antoine Randall. Oh yeah, that was another. Randall went unnoticed, but he was noticed in Pittsburgh though. But he had a he had his he had a good good time in Washington. Had best seasons in in uh, Pittsburgh though, but Pittsburgh let him go. Because they was getting real good talent. They, they had some talent coming in the draft that they wanted to draft in the, in the draft that year. But Randall Hill didn't do that bad with Washington. You know what? He wasn't a bad wide receiver. No. But you know what? And, I'm going to leave you with my last one. Okay. Dallas Clark, tight end for the coach. Okay. Okay. Fred Davis, too. Yeah, but he's tainted. He did tank, but Fred nah, Davis still got you yards. He did, but I'm saying he tainted because he smoked too much weed. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll now, give you that. Now, if you want to choose another one, I'm going to say Jordan Reed. I'll do that. Okay, Jordan Reed. Now, now, Jordan Reed. Now, we all know his situation. Jordan Reed was one of them type of guys that stayed injured but never showed blossom of a future that you can succeed with him. Because he kept being injury prone every single year. Every exactly. year, it'd be something wrong with, uh, with, with him. Going on with him, something just, just out of whack with him. Mm-hmm. Jordan Reed was one of the type of dudes where you had a promising future in the league if you just stay healthy throughout the season. Now, you show flashes that you're going to be better than Chris Cooley. If you stayed healthy, you could have been better than Chris Cooley. And Chris Cooley wouldn't be talked about like that. Facts of fiction. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, with Jordan Reed being out there on the field, it changed the whole dynamic of a defense. Because not only do you have to worry about his wide receiver feet, you got to worry about this tight end body that he got for you because he can block as well, too. He had mm-hmm. quick feet. He can catch the pass. He, he can catch the ball. And he can get you downfield for a first down and more. Yeah. If he stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, now that doesn't discriminate against anybody else that's on the team, but Jeremy Sprinkle also has some bright, um, bright chances in the league this year, though. And he's really he's showing it every. I mean, you know, he showed it in every game, but we need. But mm-hmm. he was underrated as well, too. Yeah, but we need production at the tight end position, bay. Exactly. We need a bad. And then, you know, um, Juju had a fallout year this year. Juju didn't make a lot of noise this year, though, because he didn't have that compensated player on the right side. So here's the thing about this. And, and, and I know you're saying underrated. But without that big target that's over on your right or your left-hand side or playing in that slot position, of course you're going to be underrated. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think, of course, you will go unnoticed because 
nobody's really looking for you to get the ball that much because you're doubling one player and you're trying to trying to figure out whether you're going to go in the slot or you're going to go to the tight end position. There's always that one wide receiver that's always open on the field. Terry McLaurin going to learn that next year, this season coming up. I swear he's going to learn that this season because they're going to double him all season long. They're going to double team him, but they're going to leave like people like you said, Calvin Harmon, Cam Sim, Troy, uh, Troy, um, what's his name? Troy, uh, about Troy Quinn. Yeah, Trey Quinn. I'm sorry, Trey Quinn. I was thinking Troy Polamalu for me. I don't know why. <laughs> but Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn is a good slot player, though, but he just got to get open. Yeah. But I don't know. The way Steven Sims performed last year, I don't know. Trey Job might be in jeopardy right now. That's true, too. That is true, too. So, I mean, it's a lot of players that go unnoticed. And... I think that Miami's going to have a lot of players this year. I mean, Miami's going to have a, a good wide receiver that's going to go unnoticed this year. and But you're going to start hearing about him a lot more coming up because they got rid of Kenny Stills. They got rid of a lot of their players in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And I, they're in a full rebuild mode this year. I think they're going to be in a full rebuild. They're, they're in a full rebuild. So – with them going forward, I think the Miami Dolphins is going to have the best chances of winning anything because they're getting younger, not older. Yeah. Long, that's what it's all about, getting younger. If you right. can get younger, I mean, don't go, go get veterans, but if you can get younger and get good, solid veterans around the young, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of damage. I believe so, too. So, all right. So, now we're going to switch it up a little bit, though. We're going to switch it up since... You know, that, that topic right there was good. I liked that one. I felt that one. That, that was energy. That was live right there for me. We're going to take it to the basketball league, all right? We're going to take it to the basketball. Okay. We're going to take this to basketball. And I know I'm going to get a lot of controversy off this basketball topic. And I know I'm going to get a lot of controversy. We're going to get a lot of controversy off the football topic, too. But let's throw this controversy out there for the basketball. And I'm trying to change up this question a little bit, though, too. You know, I'm going to try to change it up a little bit, though. Give me your two best duos from one from the past and one from the future. As far as? um, Duo. That's combination. Doesn't matter what position they play, but if they complemented each other in in a position. You say from past? One from the the past, Mm -hmm. like from the 80s. Give me one from the 80s. Give me one from the 90s. Give me – okay, I said two. Hold on. All right, let's do this. No, d- just do it like the, this. One from the past and one in the present now. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it like that. Okay. So, yeah, give me one. For me in, my, in the past, mm-hmm. I'm going MJ and Scotty. Oh, come on, bro. Really? Yeah. And then far really? as, as far as present, you already know. Who? LeBron and D-Wade. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? That's the best you can come up with? No. What you have? That's the best you can come up with? What you got? All right, I'm going Lakers first. Okay. I'm going to go with Lakers. I'm going to go with... Kobe and Shaq. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Kobe and Shaq. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I wasn't going to go with Kobe and Shaq. I was trying to leave my boy Kobe out of this. Mm. But, okay. 
I'm gonna go with Magic and 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 Wilt. No, no, Magic no, no, and Kareem. No, 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 Magic no, no, no. and Kareem. Okay. Magic and Kareem. Okay. Then I'm gonna go with in the future. Since today's game, I'm gonna throw you a, a, a curveball a little bit. And 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 I know they can work good together. I know they can, but you just gotta give it some time. I'ma throw out there Kawhi and Paul George. Okay. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Now, let's ask this question here. And even our audience members, they can leave a comment at the bottom of the show too as well. And, or leave a comment on our pay, on our Facebook page of the, after the um after the show airs tomorrow morning at nine a.m. You know they can leave a comment on our Facebook page and we can see what everybody else thinks about this topic too as well. All right, I'm gonna throw this out there. Now you said your 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 first one was what? You said LeBron and who? No, no, no. My first one was M- MJ and Scottie Pippen. MJ and Scottie Pippen. I'm gonna take your MJ and Scottie Pippen. And I'm gonna put it with. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Who do you think gonna win that battle? In all honesty, uh huh. MJ and Scottie Pippen. Now, why? Why? For one, I understand they call him the Claw. (laughs) That's cool. Okay, but it didn't matter who you put on either one of them; they're Mm -hmm. gonna score. Everybody knows. The lockdown defender back in the day was Dennis Rodman. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I you would got, say him you got to admit him and Gary Payton. Oh yeah, Gary him Payton is yeah. Gary Payton. Him, was and good. him and Gary, the glove. You can't forget about the glove. Yeah, the glove was good, but he still got scored on. The glove was. I know he did though, but the glove can lock your ass down though, and shut you down with his mouth. Yeah, that that that's the mouth. And, <laughs> that ain't nothing. He can psych you out of a game, though. But you know, he got he got beat. He got beat a lot. Let to throw this out there. So that's what you're trying to say. Delonte West did with LeBron when he was banging his mama. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, hey, dog. You know, I had Jamal's last night on the table, dog. You know what I mean? Hey, look, I ain't gonna say nothing else about that. No disrespect. No disrespect, though. I'm just making a joke. I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke. No. But you know that's what he was saying, though. You know, I had the balls on the bedroom, dog. Come on hey, now, Hey, dog. LeBron, I'm your daddy now, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> All right, let me start. Let me start. Back, back to the topic, though. Hey, no, no disrespect, though. No disrespect. Yeah, no disrespect. Hey, it was hey, all hey. fun and games. We just having fun. <laughs> Oh man, but hey, that, that's the third. And the world of Shannon Shop, that old goat, goat James, goat James. Draw right. oh, bad, but nah. Um, um, but I, I'll take I'm gonna take PG and and Kawhi because Kawhi can shut you down in different ways. Kawhi takes the game and he plays he plays both sides of the game. Not only is a score, but as a defender. He has a lot of defensive. T- um, he, he, he's a good lockdown player if you put him on some. Mm-hmm. Now he really didn't shut down KD like he didn't really shut down KD, but he damn sure did his best to shut down KD when he was checking. Mm-hmm. 
even though he got scored on, but Mike ain't that tall. Scotty ain't that damn tall. Scotty was what, 6'8, six, 6'10? Six, That's tall. Okay, Kawhi is about the same height. No, Kawhi is 6'7. Okay, about the same height. He was like around the same height as Jordan. Mm-hmm. So if I had to put somebody on somebody, I would put PG on Scotty. And I put Kawhi on Jordan. Okay. Make it fair. Okay. And and I think I'm a, I, it wouldn't be a landslide victory. I'm gonna I be think honest. It would just be a uh a, a, a point. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. It's okay. two players in the NBA that I believe Kawhi Leonard would not be able to guard. Okay. And you already know who I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. MJ. Who? MJ and Kobe. Can't do it. <laughs> MJ and who? Kobe. Kobe? Yep. Kawhi can't defend MJ and Kobe. No. Now, no. okay. You really, do you okay. really think Kawhi Leonard can shut down Kobe Bryant? I do not think so. Well, we already seen I'm, that. that I'm, I'm going to tell you now. It, it, he tried. I'm going to tell you now. Kawhi, he tried. Kawhi Leonard better pack a lunch. That's going to last all day. He better pack breakfast, lunch, and dinner because it's going to be an all-day event. And three snacks. To to yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Because ain't no way in two hells, Kobe psyched you out. Kobe gave you the first two quarters. You understand what I'm saying? Kobe gave you the first two quarters to see what you're going to do. Mike did kind of the same thing. Mike kind of – it depends on Mike's mood at that moment in the game. Like, he'll give you – he'll give you if, – if he was mad that game <laughs> – but if Mike wasn't mad and he wanted to figure you out and try to see what you're going to do against them, Mike gave you two quarters to figure that out. That's true. Mike gave you two quarters because in the third and fourth quarter, it was all MJ and Kobe in the fourth quarter, in the third and fourth quarter. They was rallying, they was rallying their teams back by 20 points. They might have been down by 10, and it came all the way back and won a game. Kobe hitting the game winner, or Jordan hitting the game winner by three with a three-point shot. Either way, still, it was a game-winning shot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, even in the in the best series, Jordan never went to a game seven. Kobe has gone to a game seven. Kawhi Leonard has gone to a game seven before in his career. So, it, 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 it's almost as a comparison, I'm saying, like, Kawhi Leonard got to put on his best shoes that game. Mm-hmm. And and even even though Allen Iverson shook he shook up the great Michael Jordan shook him shook him out of shoe mm. and 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 nobody really wants to talk about that no more. Like you notice, everybody that talks about Michael Jordan, they talk about he's the goat. But there was a man that shook him out of his shoe, and his name was AI. Mm-hmm. War number three was for the W seven sixes. And Jordan, I think, was still playing with the Bulls back at that time. Right? And when he done this, this is an All-Star game. Was it the All-Star game or was that a regular? No, I thought that was a regular. No, that was a regular no, like, game. All-Star game. Phil Jackson coached the All-Star game? I believe so. It was the All-Star game. Oh, he did it twice then because I know one of it was a regular season game. Yeah, it was a regular season game. Oh, matter of fact. It was a regular no, season, was a regular game, season Phil game. Jackson. You're right, you're right. Yeah, it was a regular season because Phil Jackson called Mike up. He was like, Mike, guard him. Mike came up and guarded him. Mike, hands down, just got shook out of his shoes. 
he got crossed up. But that, but what everybody's gonna say is though, Jordan was at the peak of his career. Though. Mm-hmm. He was at the peak of his career. I mean, but and he had already did damage in the league at that time frame, though. But in the same token of breath, though, is I don't care if Jordan was in his peak, his prime, wasn't in his prime. He still got shook up by a man named Allen Iverson, who came in the league at a very young age. He was a rookie that year and shook the shit out of his ass. And Jordan could never understand why his Jordans were still left on the court and AI went past him and scored that bucket on him. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you feel mm-hmm. me? So I, I just really want to know. So you don't think that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can stop Scottie Pippen and Jordan? No. I, I think they can. So, okay. So if you want to take that one. So let's go. You said LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. right? And I said Magic and Will, uh, Magic and Kareem. Mm-hmm. Who do you think winning that game? I ain't gonna lie. Back then, with Kareem and Magic with them sky hooks, mm-hmm. and then Magic Magic handles. Yep, yeah. I'll have to take Magic and Kareem in that one. Uh, uh, I was about to say because I thought you were gonna go with a controversy call there. Thought you were gonna go with a controversy. Nah, I got, I gotta keep that real. But, but you know what though, D Wade might actually have uh, just a little, yeah. D Wade got some handles when he was in his prime though. Mm-hmm. LeBron James just don't play defense. Exactly. Let, let's be real. LeBron James just don't play really play defense until the playoff time frame. And if it really ain't playoff time frame, then they're really not playing defense at mm-hmm. all. Now, the way way to play defense all year round, he would shut it down, do whatever he got to do. But LeBron, I don't know. LeBron be playing like he be playing pickup games in basketball <laughs> during the regular season. Have you noticed that, though? Yeah. Really? I did. Like, LeBron James. Uh-huh. I said I did. Like LeBron don't be, he'd be like, man, let's play one on one, man. Let's let, let's go out there and play one on one and uh, uh, for eighty two games. We're gonna play one on one on eighty two games. You gonna score? I'm gonna score. Okay, we're gonna play a game of horse. But if you really noticed it though, when LeBron James came in the league though, you notice the rules kind of changed a little bit, a little bit more. Like there was no real hand checking no more. There was really no more guarding him no more. Like he. I think if you put LeBron James back in the past oh, games, I don't think LeBron James he could he wouldn't be able to stand up to that. You know how many ruthless defenders it was back then? It was. It was a lot Gary of Gary Payton, Dennis Rodman, Larry Johnson, mm-hmm. Sean Kemp. Nah. Now, if you had to take two players mm-hmm. to shut down Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson duo from Golden State. Who would you pick around the league, either past, present? I mean, from I'm gonna say the early 2000s up to now. Who would you take to kill that duo, and why? Come on, shooting wise. 
shooting wise, guarding them too, and whatever the case may be. Hmm. Well, I don't know if they were really much defenders, but mm-hmm. I would have to go with Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. And you know who I'm going to take? Before he tells us why, you know who I'm going to take? I'm going to take the two unnoticeable players around the league that nobody talks about never again. And one doesn't even play in the NBA no more and hasn't played in the NBA in a while. And another one that went to the Dallas Mavericks and almost got us that. I think he got a ring from the Dallas Mavericks by luck because of Derek Nowinski being on the team that year. And you're going to laugh at me about this one, though, but I'm going to tell you why I say them too. Once you get finished saying why you say good too. Okay? Okay. Gilbert Arenas. Ooh. And Karan Butler. Ooh. Sheesh. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> Agent Zero. Yep. Oh, snap. Agent Zero and, and, and number three. Mm. Karan freaking Butler. Yikes. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. For the two I picked. Like I said, I don't know much about if they was able to be, you know, guard them per se. But I believe I was shooting. It's all that. And who was your picks again? Re- Just so the audience can remember. Re- Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. And uh-huh. Ray Allen. Now you talking about three-point shooting-wise, right? Shooting, period. Okay. And it got to be three-point. It's a shooting, period. They got the jumper. Right. Now, I said my two, Gilbert and Karan, because they complimented each other very well on the court. Mm-hmm. They really much did. They, it was kind of like a psyche moment, even though they had troubles in the back, uh, even though they had troubles outside. But on the court, it's like they gelled together on the court. And it was like a solid team. Mm-hmm. Gilbert had a three-point shot that was deadly, in a sense. They wouldn't call him Agent Zero for no reason because he had three-point shots. He, he could shoot a three-pointer from just about damn near anywhere. Karan had a three-point shot too, though, but he could take you in the lane. Gilbert can also take you in the lane too as well. And we all know Steph Curry is, is kind of like twinkle toes on his feet. Can't really stay that healthy throughout the regular season game. But Gilbert and Karan stayed kind of healthy through 82 games of the season. Mm-hmm. Majority of the time frame. So that's why I picked them two, because I think them two are more healthier players. Mm-hmm. And I think that them two – well, Clay Thompson's defense, Clay would probably shut down Karan, but he would never shut down Gilbert Arenas coming to the lane mm-hmm. or shooting a three-point shot in his face. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about that, that Gilbert Arenas that was a snipe. You understand what I'm saying? That one that, that, that had that deadly eye. He had the real Agent Zero going on in D.C. But if you really had somebody from the past, you know, I would take uh, you say Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. right? And Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. I would take KG. No, actually, you know what? Forget that. I know who I would take. 
I would take um, Penny. Penny Hardaway. I was going to say that. I was going to take Penny Hardaway. And 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 um, who was Vince Carter? Okay. Okay. That's solid, Randy. I like that. That's solid. Yeah, that's solid. Now, let's change up the dynamics of this question here a little bit. Okay. Though. I'm gonna change up the dyna- I'm gonna change up the dynamics here. Who do you think had a better relationship and could have? Po- I mean, even though one side won three rings with each other. One side did get a chance to, mm-hmm. but who do you think had the best odds of really going all the way together for twenty seasons straight? Twenty seasons together, putting them two together. Do you really think it was Kobe and Shaq, or do you think it was Penny and Shaq? Now that's two debatable things. To be honest, I would say Penny and Shaq. Why not Kobe and Shaq? Reason why. Yeah, think about it too. Kobe and Shaq had ego issues. A lot of people didn't know, but Kobe and Shaq used to clash. A lot. Yeah. But it was all really Shaq's fault, though. Shaq owned up to that. But still. Back then, when you look at Shaq, when he was with the Magic when he first came in the league with him and Penny, you didn't hear about all that. You didn't Mm -hmm. hear about all that. But what you heard about was Shaq not getting the, the fame that he wanted on the court no more because you were supposed to be building a team around Shaq somehow, some way, though. But Penny Hardaway was becoming a more bigger star than Shaq was. Okay. Which forced them to move out of Orlando to go towards um, L.A. Dennis Robin even moved from Orlando and went out to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, what, what I mean, let's really talk about this. Okay. Hmm. Because my opinion is, is this. I think with Kobe's IQ of basketball, mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway wasn't staying that healthy, though. You know, Penny Hardaway would probably get get you a lot of different things going on. He can move the ball up court. He can he can score on you. He can do a lot of tremendous things, though. But his injuries is what really killed mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? I think his his injuries is what really killed him. Yeah, that's what it was. And with Kobe, Kobe just had an unforeseen shack. He just had a shack moment where he got his first title and Shaq was happy with it. But Shaq just got lazy. And Shaq even admitted to that. That he got lazy. He got, you know, caught up in the hype. And that he really thought about, you know, just, man, I ain't got to practice. All I'm doing is dunking. <laughs> give, give me the ball and I'm going to dunk it on somebody. That's all he was really thought about. Right. That's true. With Penny, I mean, yeah, he had to do the same doggone thing, though, with Penny. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but and 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 I mean, but Penny Hardaway, he wanted the title. 
Oh, he wanted that championship man. ring. He wanted the he wanted the opportunity to go at somebody and and really compete for a championship. But looking at this way too, can you imagine how it would have been? Mm-hmm. How to imagine would have been if Penny, Shaq, and Tracy McGrady were all in the same team? You know what? And uh, that would have been the big three, though. But that big three would have compared to also the big three that was in Boston. I mean, not in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Mm. You know, so, yeah. Because mm. I just thought, I don't know why that I, just popped in my head, but I just thought about that. I was like, can you imagine if them three was on the team together? Well, them three would have complimented each other, though, but who would get the ball? Yeah. Because when it gets to when it comes down to it, that's gonna be the main main thing. Who's gonna be the one that's gonna be clutch and does this and right. So it, it, even with that being said, though, you know who would who would get the ball more? Who would want the ball more? Because Shaq wants the ball. Shaq wants you know to be able to you know, um, dunking on somebody. Shaq wants to put the layups in there. Shaq wants to get the rebound. Shaq wants the ball. But Shaq can't get the ball if you got Tracy McGrady out there shooting threes, Penny shooting threes. Who's going to take – you're taking the spotlight away from the big man. And I think that's what the league is involved around now is three-point shots. No more big man. I don't need a big man anymore. I just stretch big man now. I need a big man that can take three-point shots. They have moved away from the Shaq era. Yeah. And the Yao Ming errors. Yeah, that's true. So it, it, it it's really moving it towards stretch big man. Because I really don't think that Joel and B could have gone up against the Yao Ming in his prime days. I really don't think Joel and B or who was Anthony Davis or I mean, yeah, Anthony Davis could really go up against a, a Shaq or a, a, a real Dwight Howard back in his prime days. I don't really think they could have really gone up against them too like that. Right. So in my in my personal opinion, I like the younger Dwight the younger Dwight Howard when he was hungry to chase Shaq more so than I like this new Dwight Howard now. Right. Trying to take three point shots, trying to do this, trying to do that. I like the old league where the big man was compensated. I feel you on that. You know what I mean? I like the I like the big man. The big man made the game more better. Like the Luke Longley's of the world. You know what I mean? Where Luke Longley got you the rebounds, got you the shots in the paint, where they backed somebody down in the paint and really had to get physical out there. Like when Kobe was trying to push Shaq to mm-hmm. get physical. And Shaq wasn't getting all that physical out there until, you know, until he got his hands mm-hmm. sparked a little bit. But in the case of Penny and Kobe, Kobe had a more leadership role, a more leadership than Penny trait did. than I Penny Hardaway. Yeah. I don't think Penny had that, that you know, that, that actual leadership that he could push this mm-hmm. team further into a playoff run. I think that Penny was like, he, he was a good player. He, he could have did it, but it would have took him more time to develop that leadership role 
as more as he became a veteran player than at a rookie age. Kobe came in the league with a mindset of, I want to win championships. He developed that killer instinct after he lost after he lost that game against the Utah Jazz, and he shot straight air balls. He was in the gym every day. He was just constantly in the gym, shooting threes, shooting, th- shooting threes, shooting twos. Penny Hardaway, when he went to the gym, yeah, of course. But I think that the Kobe and Shaq, not just because I love Kobe Bryant, not because I love Shaq like that, though, you know what I mean, but. I think Kobe just had more of a, a killer instinct than Penny Hardaway did. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, in my opinion, who I think was the best duo, I would have to lean against Kobe and Shaq on that Just because of the mindset that Kobe had when he was playing with Shaq and then played without Shaq. Do you think, because really the Orlando matches was irrelevant yeah. after Shaq left. It was the Penny show. Penny Hardaway had a lot of things going on with him, but Penny Hardaway got injured mm. after a while. You know, without Shaq, he got really injured. He got he got broke down. He couldn't take all them shots no more. They didn't, you know, he couldn't go out there ball hard every day of the week in mm-hmm. every game. When he was with Shaq, Shaq was complimenting him. Shaq was doing a lot of different things for him. And moving the ball, up, I mean, not moving the ball up court, but he was moving the ball mm-hmm. while he was in the paint. He was getting you the buckets. Kobe did right. it without Shaq. Penny couldn't do it. Penny broke that. I think Penny was playing hurt, to be honest. All the time, or just some of the time. I mean, you never know, but it probably could have been majority. To be honest, yeah. I mean, even if he was playing hurt mm-hmm. all the time, or some of the time frames on the court, it 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 showed the chemistry. It it showed that. Either Shaq wanted the real money back in the day or he just stopped playing for a title and he went to L.A. because the L.A. sold him the best brand of what he could mm. get for real, for real. And he showed out for that one year and then came back and showed out another year. Well, I mean, what do you think? To be honest, I don't know. But all I know is at the end of the day, his career was cut short. Due to injuries, yeah. So ain't no telling how many championships he could have won or didn't win. But I think he did play hurt majority of the time, though. Yeah, I think he did kind of too. And I, I, I don't know. I just think that he was a compensation player. I think that Shaq was always the star on that team, and I think he just compensated for him. Whereas you had to put two egos together. Kobe and Shaq's egos together and you made it work like and made it one shit. Yeah. Could have been. And it came together. It came together real good though. But when you took what I think Kobe should have had six rings. Though. 
Oh, you talking the one that they That's lost to Boston? Thing. No, they didn't. No, not the one they lost to Boston, though. I'm talking about the game where they had Carl Malone, Gary oh, no. Payton, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox. Um, I said Carl Malone, Shaq. You had Shaq on your team. You had a lot of good players on that team back in the time frame in the night in the in the early two thousands where they could have won that series, but they got swept. Yeah, that's true. I think it. Was, I I can't think of the team that who swept them though, but it was a it was a team that swept them out of the playoffs. And and it, it, it shouldn't have went down like that though, but it is what it is. But you know, there's another player though that that was out there though that had all the talent in the world, and I think if he'd have went to Boston or L.A., he'd have been a he would have had four or five rings with both teams. And for real, for real, his name is Allen Iverson. Oh yeah, AI should should have been had a ring. And 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 that's sad though because he never got his ring though because of the fact about it is that. He was, he was carrying his team a yeah. lot. He he really did carry all of his team. Every team that he went to, he carried them. But it's you know, in in the mindset of Allen Iverson, though, it it was he had that killer instinct though too. And I think he would have compensated the big three in Boston. He would have compensated the big the the he would have made a big three in in um, L.A. though. But the egos. Would have would have bounced off each other though, that ego mm. tripping, Kobe's ego, Shaq's ego, AI's ego, you know those three egos put together. I think those would have been the it have been the best team to put on the court, but it have been the worst atmosphere ever in NBA. Mm-hmm. I think on an uh, off court, off the court, I think that have been the worst egos to put together in practice. Because AI's attitude, but his love for the game, Kobe's love for the game, but his attitude off the court, though, trying to push you to be good and be better than what you are. Shaq ego of, hey, I'm gonna take uh, some time off in the in the in the postseason and just do whatever I want to do type attitude. Then it come in shape, wasn't really working out, wasn't really doing anything. All he doing is taking the ball and ducking it on people. I really think that. On the court, they'd have been the, they would have been a fantastic trio. Off the court, no. Okay, I had to agree with that. Yeah. So, who would you put? Where would you put AI? At? Would you put him in Boston or would you put him in LA? Would you put him with Kevin Garnett? Yeah, I'd put him in Boston. But then again, where would you put Rondo at? On the bench, yeah, coming off the bench. Because AI is a better point guard than Rondo. Oh, what, what makes you think that one? Because Rondo has some really good handles. But, and but Rondo got, was, a, and was a really he, good basketball player. And he could he could pass the ball without, without looking. But you got to think about it, too. Look at AI. League MVP. AI yeah. got handles, too. AI was an all-around yeah. point guard. He could shoot everything. Rondo yeah. had inconsistencies with his jump shot. Big time okay. inconsistencies with that. If you're going to be a point guard, okay. if, if being a point guard is you have to be all around. You got to be able to shoot. 
when the ball is in your hand, you got to be able to defend everything. AI could do all that. So yeah. at that point in time, AI being in Boston at that time, oh, that, that would have been a no-brainer. Okay, I like we had with that. No that though. AI, for one, <laughs> true AI that, didn't have to put up all the points like he did when he was in Philly. Mm-hmm. He can dish the rock more and score when he needed to, but he has a supporting cast around him. Very much so true. Very much so true. But um, all right, everybody. I want to say some some more stuff for the show for next week, though. Everybody, or probably you know, yeah, we're gonna say some. We're gonna say some of this part of the show. There's gonna be a part two to this show. I like how this show went. Tonight. Yeah, what you think? Definitely dude? went. Yeah, yeah. I think we definitely got to make this a part two of the show because you know we we get into crunch time on the show. And um, I think we gave them a beautiful show tonight, though. What you think? We did. We did. You know, I think there's a little bit of history going on in there. But I like how this went, though. So, everybody, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show tonight. Or tomorrow morning, I should say. Y'all should go, y'all going to be able to listen to the show tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Um, on the dot. I appreciate everybody coming, I mean, listening to the last show with Miss Rachel Rapino. Um, that show is still up there. The interview, the live interview is still up there on the show. I need y'all to go check that out. Um, DJ Curry got some, a lot of things coming up in the season. You know, we're going to come on here. We're going to do a lot of more different things coming with the show. The show's still going to rock out with everybody else. You know, uh, even though the coronavirus is still out here as well, but we're going to still link up. We're going to still do this thing. Oh, most think? definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think we did. Yeah. So we're going to sign out, everybody. Thank y'all for listening. DJ Curry, I appreciate you coming. Hey, man, man. Anytime. Hold down the fourth strong. Yes, sir. So let's give my theme song for the night. You know, we never going to stop. You know, that's right, baby. We'll catch y'all next Tuesday night, every Wednesday morning, everybody at 9 a.m. Peace. Peace. Curtain by myself. Hey, hey, I'm a boss. Bitter.